Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Thank you.
What a song. What a song. Just gets you so pumped up and in the best mood possible. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. We had amazing shows last week. Everything you could want in a program. Um, it's been headline after headline, uh, and it's only the beginning of the week. And over the weekend, it was chaotic with just story after story. So much to get into tonight, so much to discuss, so much to establish. Um, guys, first and foremost, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my audience and sponsors. You guys are all absolutely incredible. Uh, the show is listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Again, that's 25 countries and on 70 online platforms. And everybody, I'll tell you, um, we have a lot going and planned for the future of the Rory Sauter Show. Like I mentioned many times, I have a huge network coming out. I know it's been on the back burner. I know we've kind of had it on pause, and it's been a little halted. Uh, but we're, we're coming together uh, with it, and it's going to be released very soon. I just want to make sure it's perfect and up to par and, you know, more evolved than ever before. Uh, we're going to be having a lot of notable names doing their own TV shows, radio shows, um, just like my old site, 24-7 breaking news coverage uh, with articles, all that fun stuff. Um, also signing a lot of various deals uh, with big radio networks. Um, I'm in negotiations, and I will be announcing more of that um, very uh, soon, uh, in the near future. Um, we, um, I just love it. I love where, where we've come. Um, you know, at, it's, it's, you know, I, I understand that I put this show together. Everybody that contributes, I mean, they bring so much value, so much um, unbelievable insight, uh, you know, to this, to these episodes. And it's, it's just, a, it's a true blessing. So, um, and, and guys, I mean, look, look at, look at where we are almost three years later, fun, fun times. And I'm loving every second of it. And, uh, I'll tell you, look at the times we're in right now in terms of, uh, election season it's more competitive more vicious uh i mean this is this is the best time to be on the radio we've got more stuff to talk about than you could ever dream of and uh i'll tell you we've never seen politics this hostile or this divisive ever in our history and we we got to really look at what what's at stake here and what we're uh really um focused on is i mean we've we've obviously probably heard this before but in reality this time it's actually true. This is the most important election of our lifetime. Whatever happens in this 2020 election, well, the, the long-term future, and I'm not kidding. I mean, we need to do everything we can as patriots. I mean, if you see what's going on in the streets, if you see all the bullshit, if you see all the anarchists, all the rioting, all the looting, all the nonsense, I mean, Americans wake up, wake up. I mean, really, though, I, I can't even believe, you know, at, at this point in our society, you know, in 2020, we're having, we're having these sort of discussions. And, and this is, uh, you know, I mean, look, look at what we're witnessing. We're witnessing third world ideology shoved down our throats. And, and we don't, you know, and if we question it or we say anything about it, then we're considered a bigot, we're considered a racist, we're considered a Nazi. You know, they want to shove everything, everything they can think of, anything that's divisive, the left. That's what the left does. And, you know, um, I'll tell you, there, there, there's no moderates. 
uh, in that Democratic Party anymore. I mean, you're either a communist, you're either for the far left, or, uh, you know, you're a moderate. And uh, you may not agree with ev- everything Trump does, but it's a whole lot better than uh, voting, uh, you know, uh, for the current Democratic Party. You know, and uh, we're, we're seeing that every day, people walking away situation, the Democrats. But, yeah, guys, I want to introduce to the panel. Uh, we got a lot on with us tonight. I'm excited. Huge show. Uh, with us right now, I believe, is a U.S. congressional candidate. From Florida, uh, Dr. Eric Aguilier. How are you, sir? Welcome back. Uh, good to have you here. Hey, what's going on? What's new? What's, what's the 411? Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, Rory. Thank you very much for having me. Again, uh, Dr. Eric Aguilar, running for Congress for Florida's 4th District, which is uh, Nassau, East Duval, and uh, St. John. So the major cities are Fernandina, Jacksonville, and St. Augustine, Old St. Augustine, where they're trying to take statues of. But we're not going to let them. Even though we kind of have a city council in that area, that they're still Republican, but they still want to remove the statues, which is kind of crazy, isn't that, Rory? How um, it's mind blowing. Are... It's mind blowing. And Eric, I want to mention something about the statues. Why the hell didn't they? Did they? Why? Why weren't they whining and crying about the statues when when Barack Hussein Osama was in office? What? Why all of a sudden <laughs> if Trump's in there? They got to make a big ordeal about it. I mean, it's just complete nonsense and bullshit, you know? Very true, very true, because if you look at it, the whole thing, and I'm just looking at the data, it's not conspiracy, right? Sometimes they tell people, oh, you know, uh, they tell us, like Republicans, we're like, well, we're a thin hat, we're conspiracy theories, and I tell people, look, it's not yeah. conspiracy. You're looking at the data, you're looking at the information, we learn patterns in first grade, and we can see these patterns the way that they flow. So they're trying to always play mind games with us to basically tell us that we're wrong, but they're the ones that are wrong. So hopefully out there, Republicans, you know, you're not wrong. You are right. We are the party of of right. We are America's party. Don't ever feel that you are, that they're telling you that this is wrong. No, they're the ones that are wrong, but they're actually trying to convince you that you're wrong, but it's not. We're actually right. So never give up the fight, and we need every Republican so come on and vote. I know here we have the primaries on August 18th in Florida, but November 3rd, yeah. never sit. Go out there and vote, 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 vote. The Democrats, it's okay for them to sit down. They don't need to come to the polls, but we need to come to the polls, just like we did in the presidential and primary, because all this stuff keeps that, down and make sure that you're – go for it. No, keep going. Keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, and then, and then also with local offices. Remember, your local offices are very, very important. And make sure, and if people don't like who their candidates are, run for office. Get in there. Get in the fight because we need good people that are going to do the right thing for America. You know, I, I love listening to your intro every single time because it's a constant reminder, you know, when the president made that speech. And still to this day, it still holds true. He said he's going to keep fighting with all his breath, right? And look at him. He still keeps going. Man, that man is like almost... Like my age, and he keeps going. He's an inspiration, in my opinion. <laughs> How and, he keeps going and, and going and going. And, Eric, you know what's fascinating about that? You know, every time he's attacked, every time, you know, they try to go at him or try to, you know, what, whatever their tactics are, every day it's a new fixation with the media or with the left on, on how they're going to, you know, um, interrogate Donald Trump. But it doesn't even phase him. I mean, he, he's – He's bulletproof. This guy is um, invincible. This guy is a miracle worker. This guy is something we've never seen in the history 
of, of presidents or, or, I mean, leaders ever. I mean, this guy sleeps five hours a night, and then he's back up working for us constantly. This guy is and – and like I've said on my show many times, and I'll say it again, he's delivered on 80%, again, 8-0, 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents after yeah. eight years don't even deliver on 10%. No, you are absolutely correct. I mean, the amount and imagine, of um, Eric, imagine if he had a Congress and a Senate that would actually work with him to pass his bills, and, and I mean, he would have a hundred percent already fulfilled. Yeah, no, you are absolutely correct, and we all saw it. We all saw it. The seventeen and eighteen Congress Republican majority failed the American people. They failed yeah. America first. We have to hold these they Republicans accountable. These people that back correct. down in the Senate and in the House and act like wimps and act like D.C. creatures, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, that's what I'm, I'm up against one right now. And what do they do when they, when they look in elections? They hide behind the president, you know, and they do yeah. that. And it's like, no, they're their own person. They're a district leader, you know, and everybody's a leader when it comes to be elected. They need to go ahead and stand right. up and do what is right for America. That's what it comes down to is right for America, not to go ahead and tear down statues, not to bend a you know, a knee on my flag. There's no way I'm going to have anybody bend a knee on my flag. And they funded this country for 20 years, retired Navy 20 years, and there's no way I'm going to have me or anybody else bend a knee to this flag. That's unheard of. We're not going to have that. Yeah. Not in my country. Oh, oh, I, no, I love it. I love it, Eric. And I, and I love your dedication. I love your passion. You know, I love your enthusiasm, and I love all the, all the value you bring. And we, we need people like you in D.C., fighting and protecting our president. And I will tell you this, Eric, um, going back to the whole Confederate uh, situation, you're talking about statues. And, you know, I, I, I obviously, I, I acknowledge and I agree that there, there were a lot of great um, individuals that were involved with the Confederate situation. Um, but, you know, if they, if they want to talk about, you know, getting rid of the Confederates, then how about get rid of the Democratic Party? Because if you look at the olden days, even though, you know, some of these people did some good things, a lot of these Confederate people were Democrats, and uh, the Democrats don't yeah. want to uh, acknowledge that. Instead, or, or you know, they don't they don't want to say that. They want to blame it on Republicans, which is a little ridiculous. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not for erasing history. I think the Confederates, you know, put a lot of great things in place and did a lot of great for our country. But uh, you know, there there were a good amount that were Democrats. Yeah, I mean, it's not about erasing history because I know when I go to a Confederate statue and I have my children. You know, explain to them what the statue is and what it was. Right. But it's not something right. that you're there to worship. It's just to remember and never forget that we're not going to go to those particular ages because, you know, it's the bloodiest American war ever. 600,000 soldiers, you know, Americans that died in that battlefield. And, and yeah. people forget about that, that it's the most bloodiest war. And we should not – and it's something that we should never go there. And people should go ahead and be thankful that these people gave their lives because they were going, I mean, imagine, I mean, I sometimes imagine myself if I was in a Navy back then, I would have actually looked like it'll be the living conditions are not the best. So um, they they underwent a lot of uh, pain and suffering, you know, and and going back, you know, once again, I know we don't really mention much the intro of your show, but I really love it because it shows you know, we're going to fight, we're going to keep winning, and it's not just the president that should be doing it, it should be everybody, everybody, every American citizen should be winning and should be fighting for their country. If we have that, you know, we'll be doing so much better, and if we wouldn't have all these obstructionists 
in our country. We could have been doing so much well, and we could have done so many great things. But here we are on all these uh, shutdowns. And, you know, to me, I'm not a firm believer in COVID-19. I think there's something more hidden than that. And if I get into Congress, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to look at these research labs and find out what the heck is going on. Because guess what? Once it happens once, they're going to try to do it again. That China virus is going to happen. I mean, look, at and look at the timing, Eric. Look at the timing of how this all went down with COVID. I mean, China had, had just been defeated for the first time in history in a trade war by the president. And they couldn't handle that. They couldn't handle their economy being, you know, completely ruined. I mean, they were their economy was down uh, in just sinking terribly for like the first time in like what fifty or sixty years. And you know, they were like, "Well, we're going to yeah. retaliate and we're going to give it right back." And they did something way, way worse than we could ever think of. You know? Well, I would even say not even just the worst of the China virus. Is actually the Democratic Party going along with oh, this yeah. and defending oh, China? Look at all the Democrats. Look at all the Democrats that have money and ties with China. Look at all the special interest money with China. I believe we look at, and I talk about this on my show all the time. The Democrats tried every single thing to bring down Donald Trump. They tried. They tried every tactic: Russia, Ukraine, whatever. And then their very last thing they were going to do was sink the economy. And I guarantee you, some of these people like Schumer, Pelosi, Schiff, who you know, are in bed with China and are, are behind this in some sort of way, I mean, you're not, we're not going to blame them for the entirety of the problem, but they're involved, like you said. Yeah, they're enablers at the end of the day, and that's a big problem. That's a big heartache that I have with all this. It's like we know Republicans and Democrats, we have our differences, but once you turn your back on America, that – is a, a complete betrayal. Those are the things that we should never go. There's some lines we don't cross, but the foundation of yeah. loving your country, you know, always doing right for America, America first, that is non-negotiable. It should be a foundation, and every American should be holding that and holding them to the fire. They should not be voting these people in. There should be standards. And I, I was mentioned to somebody before, it seems like the standards of the Democratic Party, an ant cannot even limbo to those standards. It is that low. And that's even if any anymore. It's very sad. Very sad how that goes. But I love it that the president says he's going to keep fighting and winning. He said it three and a half years ago and even longer. And this is something that we should be going into this election. And we should be really focused on what's going on. But I will tell you one thing, Rory. Everything that they have put, you know, uh, to try to obstruct the president, try to obstruct, you know, future elections, because that's what they're trying to do, in my opinion, they're failed, but I tell you what, they're scared. We come out here in Florida, they kept saying, oh, the Florida numbers are so high, the COVID cases and all this stuff. I go around this district all the time. I have not met one person that has actually had the COVID or even tested. I tell you one thing that I think I mentioned last time on your show, it's so funny. We had a, a company, it was one of my deputy campaign managers. He actually got a call from a healthcare uh, facility and said that he tested positive for COVID. And he was like, that's funny because I never got tested. So I don't know where you're coming from with that. That is how inflated. And I'm not a big trustworthy of government numbers because of the bureaucracy that happens in the health department. And the Santa's, that's one thing that, you know, he's really tackling here is to try to find with these health numbers because the cars that are out there, we go sign waving for the president. We do a whole bunch of things. 
out there for my campaign and the president's campaign. And I tell you, there is a lot more cars out there, and I don't think the American people are buying it. And I'm really glad that they're not buying it, and they should go ahead and keep fighting for their rights and always keep standing up for their country. And you know what I think is really weird, Eric, and I, and I want to mention this to you, and I think everybody needs to hear this. I, I, I'm sure you've been paying close enough attention to uh, realize this, and I, you know, I, I've been really focusing heavily on this whole uh, headline, and, and they've been talking about it in, in Republican media. It's weird how the, leading, the leaders of the COVID you know, cases and death rates were blue states, but all of a sudden now – it's mostly red states. I mean, it's almost like they're playing this game. It's a weird game. They're saying Arizona's a hot spot. They're saying Texas is a hot spot. They're saying Florida's a hot spot. Before, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to go into conspiracy theories, but a lot of people have been kind of pointing out how it should, there's just something really weird in, in so many different ways. I mean, that's just one thing. But we, and we also look at the whole mask thing. You know, it, 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 it just, it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, um, um, oh God, it's, it's just, uh, Rick, help me out. It's, 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 um, uh, excessive, excessive. I'm sorry. It's excessive. I mean, yeah. now Fauci's telling us to wear goggles. I mean, the mask, first of all, doesn't do a damn thing. If anything, I mean, we see doctors, we see dentists wear these masks and they're still testing positive. So, I mean, you, you can't, I mean, you can't fix the problem with that if anything i mean it, it hurts a lot of a lot of things in your body wearing a mask like it it ruins the immune system because you're you're supposed to have you know your your mouth i mean that that's how you fight off bacteria i mean there's so many things that doctors have talked about and too much of the fake media is pushing you know this whole world control thing you know they don't care about our lives they know masks don't do a thing there i can give you examples of every single you know, doctor, uh, you know, position uh, on a daily basis that get germs all over their body, even from wearing masks. I mean, it, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, all the manipulation and, the, and, the, and the, just the absurdity when you walk into stores, I mean, people giving you rude looks and all the social distancing and the fear mongering, they go on and on. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, it's not conspiracy, um, Rory, in my opinion. Because of the fact that you're following the data, you're looking at the action of what's been happening, and you're putting two and two together, and then sometimes people try to tell you, no, no, you're just, you're just dreaming. It's not really what's happening. But this is the mind games that you're actually seeing coming from all over the place, and the media accomplices, a lot of big corporations are accomplices to basically not trick people. That's what we go out there sign way when we talk to people to basically tell them to get back down to earth that all that stuff that they're seeing is not real. They're trying to brainwash. And if you look at it, 99% of, of businesses in America are small businesses. So they're the ones that are getting hurt. For example, look at Amazon. Amazon just reported their earnings. Last year they made $68 billion, and this year they made $86 billion in the quarter because they're sucking up all of the economy from the small businesses, and people don't see that. Look at their earnings report. You're going to see how these big corporations are actually taking over and they're crippling the small businesses. And uh, the and CPP is, and the Order uh, Cares Act is not going to work. It's not going to solve the problem. It's not even a band-aid in my and opinion. Look at, yeah, and look at all the you, – you're absolutely right. I mean, people can go out and riot and protest and loot and do all this bullshit, but we have to socially distance. We have to be, we have to be peasants 
to the and cheat to these politicians, but they enable criminals all day long. And you know what? If they were so concerned, you know, they these politicians would be wearing masks and they would actually put a stop to these protests and these crazy, you know, just just I mean, it's, it's these street violent and just these these. It's unbelievable what I'm seeing and how you know. I mean, the economy, almost 40 million people unemployed. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. And, and we're seeing, you know, all these different cities and these, and these mayors, how they're using this for political advantage. You know, you can go out there and you can promote Black Lives Matter and you can disrupt and create all this division. But if you're, if you're you know, if you're a law-abiding citizen, we're closing your business. If you open it, we're coming to arrest you. Bullshit. Yeah, even look at um, what was it? Um, they were doing um, was in Maryland that pro-life, um, some pro-life people were right there and they were writing chalk. They were they were doing chalk on the sidewalk and they put them in jail. Yeah. In the meantime, they were the other people. They were burning stuff and they were you know bashing police cars, setting things on fire. Not even one of them really got arrested for that. In the meantime, these people they just want to make sure that lives you know um, come into this earth and be part of society to let people, you know, live um, than Planned Parenthood. In the meantime, they go to jail. This is the double standard that it comes. And that's why, in my opinion, I would tell you, Rory, at this point in time where we're at, there is no working across the aisle with any Democrat because of the, the thing is they go to these progressive, socialist, and Marxist views. There is no way that we can work across the aisle with them anymore. That party is done. We need to go out there as Republicans, yeah. take the voting block back, take this back for America. Every election, every local, state, county, federal office, people need to go out there and vote. They need to talk to their friends. They need to talk to their coworkers. They need to talk to the neighbors and tell them the truth. To turn off the TV in a way and talk to them and bring them back to reality, to love their country, love their communities, you know, love their neighborhoods, because that stuff that's going on in the news, that's not reality. And, and Fauci, in my opinion, that guy needs to go. That bureaucrat, been there almost for 40 years, it's like a bited. He needs to go. He's done. I don't know why they still keep him around um, because he's and the look, big part of the problem. Yeah, and look, at, and look at all the things we're distracted by at once, it, whether it's COVID, whether it's rioting, whether it's an anthem protest, whether it's them going after Trump. I mean, it never ends. It's like a – it's a cycle, and it's all to make us, you know, really, you know, out. It's trying. They're they're trying to, you know, obviously hide behind closed doors so many different things, and they don't want us to know what's really uh, going on behind the scenes. And and I want to talk about the anthem protest. You know, I know you got to go here in a second. Um, I want you mentioned the flag earlier and this all this bullshit. You know how these players, these millionaires who you know go home to their mansions, they drive their Lamborghinis. You know, that they go on the field, they, they go on the, the court, they claim they're oppressed, you know, that they cry like little little pussies. And, you know, they say, oh, oh, you know, oh, oh, you know, the, the, the less than 1% chance a, a white cop, you know, goes after a black guy. Usually it's, in, you know, it's justified. Usually the guy, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, obviously we have crooked cops, but uh, they've spreaded this whole narrative and this generalization that, uh, you know, black people are oppressed just because of their color, just because of where they come from, which is complete nonsense. I mean, let's face it. I know so many wealthy individual, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. black, black friends of mine that themselves as American, but then you've got this whole other group 
that are getting brainwashed and manipulated by these millionaire athletes and celebrities trying to claim that they're oppressed and that the white person is the enemy. And then we just saw today, for instance, look at these last few months of nonstop riots. And all of a sudden, in today's headlines, the real footage of George Floyd comes out. I mean, but in, when, what we saw two months ago was a small little clip, and everybody went ape shit. But yep. now that we have all the facts, it doesn't matter because the damage is done. But if we had all those facts initially, then this, would, I, this wouldn't have got as bad as, as it's gotten because people would have really saw the whole scenario. And if you look at the film, they were more than uh, compliant and respectful to Floyd. This guy resisted over and over and over. Even his girlfriend in the video is saying, listen, talk to them. You know, don't, don't resist. I mean, this, but I'll tell you something. They did this on purpose in terms of not releasing the footage because they wanted to create this chaos. They wanted to create this bullshit. Correct. Correct. And then, and, and, then it, it these, and then we have, and, and Eric, and then we have these anthem protesters that get this platform and then all these people, you know, that have this white guilt or whatever, you know, try to trace this whole nonsense back to slave days. And then we have to go relive it all again. In reality, we're all Americans. We all bleed the same blood, but everybody, the left and, and you know, and these social justice warriors feel like they have to put everybody in boxes uh, to uh, carry on their agenda. It's very sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And if you look at, Think about it like this also. You have these millionaire oh, by the players. Way, by the way, Eric, right? real quick, by the way, real quick, 90%, 90% of these people, 90% of these players that kneel don't do a damn thing for their community. They're attention seekers. Sorry, go ahead. You're, you're actually very modest. I was going to say like 99% don't really do that. You're actually being very generous to some of them. Uh, it, you know, if you actually look at these millionaire players, Imagine you go to your job, and, be, and when you start working, the very first five minutes, you protest while you're working. How is that going to work in any work environment? That's exactly what's exactly. happening. They, they want to go ahead and go kneel and, and be nonsense and be idiots, in my opinion. They could do it when they're not at work in the way. People want to go ahead and see them and play sports. That's what they're there, and that's what they're paid for, and that's what people are paying for not to be activists and social activists in that sense. They could do that in their own time. When it's time to work, they need to turn to and get to work and start playing, not all this other nonsense. But if you look at it, how enabling some of the sports teams and the corporations, that is a huge problem. Because even if everything's happened there, they don't have to succumb to these owners. Because the reality is, you know, Rory, whether there's a movement or not, People are still going to watch it. They're not going to. They're not going to get any extra ratings. They're not going to get any extra sympathy. Actually, they're turning off conservatives, and their ratings are going to go down even more. They're losing customers. But they. It seems like they have the social change that they want, which is not going to happen, in my opinion, because they're going to fight them. Is is not going to get them any anywhere forward. It's like they want to globalize the United States, but it's not going to happen. I mean, it's really sure. sick at the end of the day. If everybody loves their country, and really migration will, will already cease, in my opinion. People would just be tourists because there's a difference between Absolutely. immigration and tourism. It, it's two different things. 
people like to, I mean, we're never saying, hey, don't come and, and actually, you know, come and tour our, our nation and then, you know, go home. <laughs> just like when we go to their nation and we go visit, we just do the tourist thing and then we come home. That's we all want. But, right. you know, it's, it's right. a lot of nonsense. And these millionaire players is, again, they're paid to play the sport. Celebrities are paid to act and do their thing. They're not paid to do politics. They want to get into politics, then go right on ahead. But don't mix and match. It's right. not going to work. Exactly. They got to do it on their own time. And uh, people like you and I and majority of people go to sporting events to get away from politics. They don't want to hear about other people's <laughs> beliefs. We don't give a, a shit. Uh, excuse my French, but, uh, you know, obviously, Eric, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I, it's election night, you know, it's a big, big night around the country, Arizona, a lot of big things going on. Uh, America's toughest sheriff, Joe Arpaio, good friend of mine, looks like he is going to win the primary. I'm not sure yet. And, uh, it looks like that though. I, I have a lot of optimism. Uh, it's looking really good. Uh, we also have, uh, Daniel McCarthy, who I hope upsets Martha McSally, but I'm not, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. And I know, Eric, uh, in your congressional area in Florida, uh, you're leading the way. Um, and uh, tell everybody where they can get involved with your campaign and all that good stuff. Yeah, oh, thank you very much, Rory. So my, my website is eric, E-R-I-C-K-F-O-R, congress.com, ericforcongress.com. My email is eric, E-R-I-C-K, at ericforcongress.com. Um, so if you're in the North, Northeast area, please give me a shout. I'm always around. I'm going all around the precincts because our election night is two weeks from now, so August 18th. So I'm uh, on the grind all over the place. And, of course, FEC, they want all this kind of reporting. They have such bad timing, Rory. I really tell you. It's like they want all these reports, and we're supposed to be campaigning for votes. So I'm sure a lot of uh, yeah. federal candidates are feeling that pain. So. But I uh, thank you very much for for having me on again. You're you're always awesome. I love your intro. Love your show. Um, you know, keep doing it. Never stop the fight. There's always going to be a lot of haters around. Go listen to them. Um, you you do a great job, man. And hopefully, I uh, you know take care of all your panelists uh, out there. And and thank you very much for your time. God bless everybody. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll see you. We'll see you uh, next week, right? Yeah. Thank you. All right. Sounds good, my friend. God bless. Have a great night. I want to welcome to the show. I believe we have with us crime expert uh, Carlo Cavazzuti and best-selling author, doing a lot of big things. This this guy back in the day, he would look a criminal in the eye and terrify that motherfucker. Excuse my French, but Carlo Cavazzuti is one of the baddest dudes on the planet. If he interrogates you, he will make you pay the price. Only what, Carlo? You only got like one or two people that ever like. We're, we're, we're too slick for you. Yeah, I had an extremely high rate of confession uh, when I did an interrogation. And, and you know, before getting into that a little more, I want to thank Dr. Aguilar uh, for, for what he's doing for our country. I retweet him constantly on Twitter. Uh, awesome, yeah. awesome guy. But, uh, he, he, you know, when I interrogated people, the quickest interrogation I had was three and a half minutes and a woman admitted to stealing $92,000. My longest was four <laughs> and a half hours and he ended up confessing. We, we had people confess to stealing multi-million dollars. 
from a family-owned business, a jewelry business up in Massachusetts. I, I mean, people don't understand. When you're sitting across an interrogator, especially someone like me who has been so thoroughly trained, the least movement you make with your eyes or your hands or your feet, that's all a sign to us that says you're a lying, dumbass piece of shit. And I'm not going <laughs> to apologize for that. <laughs> I and, get it. I, and, like and I know it. some. I know some of your other guests, like Joe Murray and, and that, uh, they know what I'm talking about. There is nothing more satisfying than to sit there and look at somebody. You can see their heart pounding through their outer clothing because they're so scared of going to jail. But, uh, so true. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, and I write about some of these stories that may or may not be true, when I write my book, I'm working on my fourth novel. Uh, you can check everything out at cabazootycrime.com. And, uh, um, you know, uh, life is just good. I sit back looking at everything, and I, I think the Democrats are stabbing themselves right in the foot. Um, they are getting so whacked out there. there. There's more and more people that I see and talk to that are walking away from the Democrats because they don't want to see what's coming down the line. And these people up in Portland, are they freaking out of their mind or what? I mean, they're asking the government for protective. Yeah. They're asking the, asking the government for protective armor because of the police and the federal agents that are out there. Are you kidding me? Uh, They should just, you know, please, dear Jesus, Donald Trump, President Trump, please go over (laughs) in there and steamroll over these stupid little morons before the, you know, because if we lose this election, these little morons are going to be the first put into re-education camps because they're going to be a pain in the ass to the leftist socialist ideology that it, uh, it is now springing up in this country. And these people are going to be uh, waste products. I mean, I've never, Carlo, I've never seen anything like what's going on right now. I mean, they literally, they literally are, are, went to the police, Seattle police chief's house and started pounding on the door and started vandalizing because, you know why? Because the politicians are not holding them accountable and they're allowing them to do it. Because po- these Democrat politicians, they like creating this chaos because it gives them something to run on, their third world ideology. I mean, this is where we're at in 2020. We have protesters, Black Lives Matter activists, going to police chiefs' homes and trying to cause disruption. They're going to mayors' homes. They're going... Everywhere you can think of, nothing is off limits. I mean, we look, I look at my home city of Seattle, looks like a third world country, looks like goddamn Iraq, it looks like Baghdad. You go to Portland, same thing. And I don't, it's only going to get worse. And what I've said many times on this show, and I'll say it again, I understand that Trump wants to have these people, you know, uh, make a fool of themselves, you know, show their true colors. 
and how, how much, you know, how much they've gone out of control. But that can only last for so long until you have to interfere before somebody really badly or a bunch of people get hurt. I mean, there's already been a ton of people that have been badly injured through this whole thing. And I'm surprised that no, not enough action has been taken. I mean, you know, these mayors are so um, stubborn and so stuck in their own ways and so partisan and so one-dimensional that they, that they don't have any – same with the governors. I mean, they, they don't want to work with the president. They don't want to help the citizens. They want to enable anarchy. I mean, what the, what, what's going on here? This is the most violent, I, I, dangerous, I aggravating mean, movie I've ever seen. I mean, that scary-looking freak from Chicago who's the mayor. They're blowing up courthouses and blowing up police stations. I mean, they're, they're throwing fireworks at cops. I mean, does, when does it end? I mean, what's next? Are they going to pull a 9-11? I mean, we don't know. We, these people, I mean, I saw, I saw, you know, enough weeks and months ago. But these people, there is no limit. These people will go to the extra extreme, and they, you know, they'll keep, they'll keep going. Of course they will. They're, they're not going to stop as long as they are enabled by the mayors and governors of these city and states that have fallen for their bullshit and – you know, these people think they're gaining votes and everything. They have no idea what's going to happen if they keep this up. They haven't the slightest clue. This is all going to backfire on every single one of them. I, I mean, I read stuff constantly. American patriots are not going to put up for this stuff much longer. They're not going to sit down and say, Oh, well, well let, let's wait and see what the president does. Oh, well, let's wait and see this. Let's wait and see that. That ain't going to happen. That ain't go- it's not going to happen. There are too many people in this country that will stand up for their rights, that will stand up for their military, that will stand up for President Trump and steamroll yeah. over these sons of bitches that are trying to take our life and liberty away from us and turn it into a third world nation because that's just what Nancy Pelosi wants, and Joe Biden is just a puppet getting his string pulled by the Hillary Clinton uh, mafia organization and, and Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them. That's all it is. That's all it is. And, and if Biden, I pray, God forbid, that Biden gets elected, but, you know, I don't think he'll last 90 days before some strings get pulled and Joe walks off because he's declared incompetent. This stupid SOB can't say two sentences that agree with what he said two minutes before that. Yeah, and I said earlier today to a friend of mine, and I, I've really been, and I think a lot of my listeners and a lot of people on the panel are really going to want to talk about this and really go into further detail, but this whole Kanye thing, you know, it, it, it's really – it, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive and it, it's also it, it, I don't think people are really looking at this hard enough and, and close enough and and what what what's really going on I mean I think I think it's behind the scenes I think him and Trump are, are really close and, and we know he supports Trump and Kanye has came out publicly in the last week and said that he can beat Biden with write-ins alone just by write-ins which 
I mean, I don't know if he can beat Biden by writing, but I think Kanye, uh, obviously, if, if somebody's going to vote for Kanye, they're taking votes away from Biden because uh, so many of the black community hates Biden because of the 94 crime bill. They can't take him seriously. So what's their alternative if they don't like Trump? They're going to vote probably for Kanye West because he's getting on the ballot, I think I read in Wyoming, um, Illinois, um, what, uh, all these different places that, you know, carry weight. I mean, I think there's like six or seven or eight that he's already on, and he keeps going for more state. Kanye West, the name, they're going to put him on. You know, he's going to get on the ballot. And, I, you know, people are talking about this all over the news today. Why don't you have a three-way debate? Why don't you have Kanye, Trump, and Biden up there? Because I'd love to see Biden say to Kanye, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. I'd love to see Kanye slap the shit out of Biden because Biden is a bitch, <laughs> an ignorant fool. And I, and I, see, I think Kanye really, I, you know, obviously Kanye loves the publicity. He loves what he's doing. And, you know, I, I think this is something that he knows is going to, uh, you know, officially seal the deal because he doesn't want Biden in there. Well, I, I would love Kanye to say, well, didn't your great-granddaddy own slaves? Because we all know Biden's great-granddaddy or granddaddy or whoever it was owned slaves. He, he does another plantation massive that wants to put the blacks black on the plantation. We all know that. That's the Democrat platform from the Kennedys, from Lyndon Johnson, who said some very derogatory things about blacks. I, I mean, uh, we all know the quote. Let, I won't. I won't. Hey, I won't say the word. I won't say the word. But let's just say this is exactly quote unquote what he said. All have them n words voting Democrat for two hundred years. Lyndon B. Johnson. Exactly. Exactly. He said that on Air Force One, I believe when he was uh, uh, with, with a lot of his major staff there. So that's well documented. Uh, he, he said that. Uh, the he created Democrats the Great Society, no, remember? The Great Society. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Great Society that uh, paid women to just go have babies and, yeah, and not hold the men responsible for, you know, child support or anything. It was the beginning of the destruction of successful black families and people being and blacks being able to move up in the world and get education. Uh, the The Democrat Party is no friend of the blacks. I don't care who you are or what you say. Go and read right. the freaking history of the Democrat Party because they are nothing right. but racist mofos. To put it politely. Right. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll tell you something that really bothers me and, and something that we, you know, really need to talk about. You know, you have these black Democrats, and I think they're the most evil of all evil. I think, you know, these politicians that say they're for their own community, but in reality, the only thing they're doing is destroying their communities financially, mentally, uh, in every way possible, whatever category you want to, you know, put it in. They're not making their lives any better. And then you have all these elites, you know, that don't put their money where their mouth is and want to come out and talk about white privilege. Like, for instance, you know, fat-ass Oprah, who uh, is more privileged than anybody I know, and I can't stand that bitch. I mean, you talk about – I won't use the C word, but you talk about someone who really runs her mouth 
and likes to slander people when she should probably focus on herself. But she's trying to say white whiteness. She uses the term whiteness, uh, you know, is obviously a huge privilege, and it gets people farther in life than if you're black. I mean, you know what? It's, it's election season. She's putting out her TV bullshit, her ads, you know, getting involved with the left, left-leaning party, you know, the same party that put her people in slavery. I'm just tired of it all. I'm tired of it. You, you know, the real Uncle Tabs are the Democrat congressmen and senators that, that are stepping and fetching to the likes of Nancy Pelosi and all of that. They're the real Uncle Tabs. The, the blacks that stand up uh, like, um, uh, uh, who's the black doctor that's on uh, Trump's cabinet? Uh, the neurologist. Uh, ben Carson. Ben Carson. Ben Carson, right, right. It, it, he, he came up from literally nothing. His mama never right. asked for nothing from the government. He's a hero. Right. The, uh, you know, blacks trying should, should be trying to aspire to someone like him and take inspiration from him, say, hey, if he can do it, coming from absolutely nothing, when his mother couldn't read except on a third-grade level, they, they should say, Man, if this guy can do it, we can do it. Look, at he's the American dream. He, if, if you want to say the black American dream, go and say it. Had to say that. But I'm telling you, all these stuff professions, it, they're, they're just playing into the Democrats' hands. And when they're good and ready, guess what? They're going to kick them to the curb because they're no longer going to be a benefit to them when they, if and ever they gain control. And I pray to God that they never gain control of this country. Uh, it, it, you know, you will see a mass, mass civil war in this country if they gain control. So true. So true, Carlo. Absolutely. Uh, always love your insight. Uh, stay with us. I'm going to come back to you here uh, a little little later on in the show. we got another couple hours. Uh, but tell everybody where they can find your book and uh, get connected with you. Well, cavazutticrime.com, and then C-A-V-A-Z-U-T-T-I, crime.com. Um, my Twitter page is C-A-V-45-C. Um, my Facebook page is cavazutticrime45. Um, you know, so reach out there. Uh, my books are all available on uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and so on and so forth in either uh, e-form uh, or uh, paperback. Uh, they're politically incorrect. They're right to the point. Uh, you know, seen through the eye of a person who's lived the life and walked the walk. Uh, I, I, love I, think, I think a lot of the women would like them because every single one of them has some very kick-ass, strong female characters in them. I love it. I love it. it I lo- no, I, and I love it. You know, you, you do a lot of great work, and you write, a, you write a lot of political pieces and books, and, and you're all over the place. And I love your activism, and I love what you're doing for, you know, us patriots. So stay with us, Carlo. Uh, thank you, man. I will. Okay. Talk to you later. Absolutely. I want to welcome to the show. We have former NYPD police officer and political consultant, Joe Murray, good friend of mine. Tough, tough mofo. 
Uh, man, I'll tell you, one of the best at his craft. This guy doesn't take shit from anybody. I, I, lo- I love this guy. I love how genuine and authentic he is. And I'll tell you, he's, uh, he's a real, real uh, hero, man, real patriot. What's up, man? Welcome back. Hey, Rory, Rory, thanks for having me. I really enjoy the show. And uh, shout out to Carlo. I was reading, uh, I ordered his book. I have two of his books, and I just started reading them. Uh, great job. It's really interesting. So, uh, But good to talk to you. I mean, there's so much going on. I love your intro. It really just hits it on the head. It's amazing. Too bad your show is only two hours because there's so much happening. I just can't believe. You know, I ran for district attorney in county. Unfortunately, I lost that race. But during my campaign, I uh, was assisting John Cummings. John Cummings is running against AOC. John is also hey, a retired police officer. Last week, we loved him. We loved having him on. He's awesome. He's awesome. I'm telling you, you got to have this guy back on because there is just so much there. And if the people just hear him, he's, he's the most authentic person there is, 60 years working or living in the district. He's got his finger on the pulse. Uh, I really think he's going to shock the world with this one. You know, people discount him because he's a white male cop running against, you know, uh, our bartender friend over there. But (laughs) I have to tell you from my own experience, I taught uh, as an adjunct at uh, ASA College, and I taught criminal justice about 10, 11 years ago. I only did it for about two years. But the connections that I made with the students, I mean, one of my students, I'm very proud to say, is commissioner of parole in New York State. Uh, He's doing fantastic. But I have these connections with the students from 11 years ago when I taught them. John has been a teacher in the district for 22 years. He has seen these kids grow up. Some of them are now police officers. His his draw over there is, is phenomenal. And I think people are uh, are making a big mistake to overlook him. He's going to be the dark horse in this race, and I think he's going to pull it off. But anyway, I just wanted to touch base with you. Can you believe this nonsense? First of all, I mean, the First Amendment is under attack like I've never imagined. And what's more shocking about it, it's not coming from the government. It's coming from the people. Did you see this nonsense with Paul Malinowski, two-division world champion, commentator was fired from Showtime because of uh, comments he made that were very appropriate in my mind. Uh, it, it appeared that the, the one fighter, Devin Haney, made a comment. He says, I'll never lose to a white boy. And Paulie was just right. reacting to that. You oh, know, very, and very Joe, common Joe, we're Joe, it's crazy. We're seeing all these different examples in, in sports. I mean, look at, like, Mike Ditka. Look at all these different people that have been fired in the past. I mean, I, Kurt Schilling. I could go on and on and all these different people just forgiving. I mean, that, that politically correct world, unfortunately, we've developed into, which is sad because everybody's so sensitive and has to bitch about something. Sorry, go ahead. You know, they just turn – I mean, the left has turned – you know, a large portion of the population into crybabies, snowflakes. They need their safe spaces. This, I think, comes from that culture of everyone has to get a trophy. I mean, I don't understand why this is we're firing him because somebody might have had their feelings hurt. Are you kidding me? The guy's a boxing commentator. As a matter of fact, he just fought a bare-knuckle fight against Artem Lobov last year. 
I mean, the guy is tough as nails. He's a boxing commentator. You're telling me these people that are watching boxing are just, you know, such snowflakes that they can't bear to hear something, you know, that he makes a comment? I mean, it's just shocking. Where are we going with this? But I got to tell you, I mean, this guy's a fighter. He's tough as nails. He's not going away for a long shot, you know? I mean, uh, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of talent, well-spoken, very intelligent. He's going to be out there, and he's sticking to his guns. And thank God, especially now in this day and age where I watch the chief of department of the NYPD take a knee, and I see so many people kneeling to Black Lives Matter and all this other bullshit, to see a guy like Paulie Malinaji just stay true to himself and say, no, I'm not apologizing. I said how I felt, right. and that's what I – no, where is the First Amendment here? Why are we not and allowed Joe, to have difference of opinion? And, Joe, Joe you, know, you know what? You bring, up, you, you bring up a great point here, and, and you know, I, I saw a headline uh, here just this past uh, – probably in the last day or two, um, after these whole anthem protests, uh, the NBA and Major League Baseball – have both dropped in ratings like crazy because nobody wants to see this shit. Nobody wants to hear this whining or this Black Lives Matter kneeling. You know, these are millionaires. These are people that are overly privileged, and they live in America. If they went to another country and tried to kneel during an anthem, they may get the— So true. You know, I I, I took pride in— you know, being a police officer, what we do is, you know, listen, I'll defend your right to say it, but, you know, I may not agree with it. And that's, that's what we do. So the right. diversity that everyone talks about, the United States was such a, you know, multicultural nation and where our diversity is our strength. Apparently, we're not allowed to have diversity of opinion. What happened to yes. that? I mean, where, where right. is the strength and diversity of opinion? Like my friends, and you'll notice on my Facebook, it's not an echo chamber. I have people from all walks of life, from all different you know, corners of the earth. I like to have a debate with people that don't agree with me because I learn from that. I learn from things that they tell me, and hopefully they learn from things I tell them. But the left will not tolerate anyone who offers any divergence of opinion and that's what this cancer culture is, cancel culture is and guys like Paulie yeah. Malinaji the latest to suffer this it's outrageous yeah. I really think we're on and our look, way to a civil war I think it's un, unavoidable at this point uh, it's, it's just you know the shots are being fired uh, and, and you know it's just it's incredible what's happening and, and you know, you talk about Seattle. I, I can't believe that nonsense that's going on there. Yeah, and, and you know what I just saw, Joe, and this should blow your mind. I mean, you're, you're NYPD. You know, you, you work for the biggest law enforcement uh, entity in the entire country. Uh, Minneapolis now, uh, the police department is now advising residents to give in to criminals. That's what we've come to in various parts of the country. These politicians are allowing their residents to be put in harm's way and basically coddle the criminals. You should see this list. It's like, don't walk alone. If, if somebody, you know, steals your money or tries to, you know, grab your phone, just give it to them. I mean, it's some of the most pussy, wimpiest shit I've ever seen. I mean, we're bowing to a mob. I've never seen anything like it. 
It, it's it's so true. And and what's even more horrifying here is that is going to happen here, and uh, but for a total different reason. They're made possible for police officers to do their job. I really feel for these officers. In New York City, they enacted this diaphragm law that you cannot restrict the diaphragm on the back, on the chest, and anyway. What is that saying? That law is because you can't essentially get so it's hard to get somebody in handcuffs to begin with. If they resist, you really have to take control of the body and freeze the body to manipulate the arms and the hands. What they're saying with this law is you can no longer do that. So what is it doing? It's encouraging people to fight the police because if a police officer fights back in a way that restricts their diaphragm in any way, they will be charged with a crime. So what's going to happen here, and I think is already happening, is police officers are saying, okay, you know what, I'm not going to jail for this, and they're sitting back. And unfortunately, what we have, the biggest hypocrisy, we have Monaghan the Kneeler, that's the nickname I give him, Monaghan the Kneeler, the chief of the department who took a knee and embarrassed the whole department by doing so, is now telling police officers that they should not be afraid and that afraid cops get killed. It's outrageous. Oh, only afraid cops. You know, the, what about the hero cops that, that put their life on the line and go into battle and run the other way when gunshots are fired towards the gunshots? They're afraid, and that's why they're dying. It's just outrageous. I can't believe it. You know, the comments he's making, but essentially what he's trying to do is he kneeled to the mayor, he kneeled Lives Matter, and now he's telling the cops, go ahead and do it anyway. Go in there and, and you know, fight the fight anyway. How? How do you do it? How do you do it? The laws are being enacted to hurt the police, to encourage people to fight the police. Then when they get arrested, they immediately get released because there's no cash bail, especially if you're going to assault the police officer. They don't give a shit about that. No cash bail. Look at the district attorneys that we have, that we've elected. Any of these protesters don't get arrested. I mean, they don't get prosecuted. So why are these officers putting themselves in jeopardy to, and legal jeopardy, criminal jeopardy, to now affect an arrest when they're going to be released and not prosecuted anyway? They're sending a very dangerous message. And this came from my campaign because right, right during the campaign, it was, it was last year, November was the election, but we were on the cusp of all of these new laws coming into effect and no cash bail. And I was trying to, you know, sound the alarm and tell people that we are in danger. They're going to release thousands of inmates on Rikers Island come January 1st. On top of that was the discovery law. The discovery law is just crazy. They have 15 days from the arrest to turn over everything to the defense. And here's, here's what it is. You're talking about violent crime, and, and Carlo would tell you, like, when you're out on the street and there's a shooting or a stabbing, you're desperately looking for witnesses. That's the best chance you get. The sooner you get there, try to identify somebody. What's their first concern? Are you going to tell them who I am? Are you going to reveal my identity? And we always told them, no, we're not going to reveal your identity. Most cases don't go to trial. They settle. They're um, a plea bargain. 
uh, like 95% of the cases, uh, we'll never see a trial. The grand jury is a secret proceeding. If you do have to go to trial, you'll have, you know, plenty of notice. You'll have protection if necessary. And that's how we got people to cooperate with these violent crimes. Now, no more secrecy in the grand jury. Those minutes are turned over right away. 15 days, you get the name, address, phone number, statement that the person made. Who in their right mind is going to want to reveal their personal information to a person who just killed someone or, or, or another type of violent crime? So once you start looking at all these things they're doing, you see where the goal is. The goal is they don't want any more prosecutions. They don't want and, – and I actually sat in on the, the subcommittee's vote to close Rikers Island. I heard it out of their mouths. They said this is yeah. the first step to ending all jails and all prisons because people don't belong in cages. They're all working together for the same goal. Make it as difficult as possible for a police officer to make an arrest, for a district attorney to get a conviction. They don't, this is, and what is the end goal? Lawlessness, anarchy. They want to overthrow our republic. That's the goal. This is the whole goal to do away with the United States Republican form of government. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Joe, you're absolutely right. And Joe, what's mind blowing is, you know, my city of Seattle and, and a bunch of other people, uh, a bunch of other police departments are doing this now. They are, they're defunding the police department, and they're creating social workers in Seattle. They're trying to call it civilian-led department. I mean, what, 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 have we come to a twilight zone? Are we living in an alternate universe? I mean, these people, you know, they're the biggest hypocrites because the first people they call when they're in trouble are the police. Um, and yeah. they want to defund the police or, you know, get rid of them. It just makes – it's all partisan. It's all crap. And you know what? It really has a hard time apprehending uh, in my brain. I, I just think these people are all over the place. And it, you know what? It, it's sad. It really is. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because we have something similar to that uh, here. Eric Adams is the, the leading Democrat running for the mayoralty, uh, which will be next year. But he's a retired police captain. I was friends with him. You know, I met him when we were both on the job. And, uh, you know, I watched his career and, and we kept in touch. Uh, but I've seen him, even someone like him who's wore the uniform, walked the streets, who's been in tough situations, even he now is bending, not yet kneeling, but bending to the left where he's actually come out and said, we are now going to look at, if he's elected, that he's going to allow the community to pick the commanding officer. What? Hello. You're going to pick and allow the community to decide? So then where is the accountability for the police commissioner? If I'm the mayor and I'm worried about crime stats and and crime surges, I use my chain of command to get that done. But if I don't have any control over the chain of command, people don't have to impress me to get promoted to a precinct commander position. They have to impress some community activist or organizer 
that takes away my power. I mean, it's a paramilitary organization, and now they're making civilians the, the, who are not even part of the department. I understand the police commissioner is a civilian, but, and our deputy commissioners, but they're give, giving the community now power over this, which is outrageous. I, I, just don't, I just don't see it. And I'm looking at it from a mayoral's uh, perspective. If I'm elected by the people to do a job, you got to let me bring my team in and let me make my, you know, decisions of allocations of resources and where to put proper commanders. It's my job because you're going to hold me right. accountable for that at the ballot box. So I, I, I just I, don't like it. I, I encourage input all the time. I think the public should have more buy-in. But to actually give them the power to pick the commander, I mean, that's just outrageous. I agree with you, Joe, 100%. Um, you know, I love, I love everything you bring to the show. Uh, always very valuable insight. Um, Joe, stay with us. A lot more to get into. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you as well. Oh, Lori, I'm not worried about anything, but absolutely, I, I encourage people. Uh, I, I enjoy the feedback. Joe Murray Law is my Twitter, and it's joe at jmurray-law.com. So I look forward to hearing from people. Thank you. Sounds good, my friend. Stay with us. A lot more to get into. Uh, I want to I introduce to the show, I believe he's with us right now. Uh, we have best-selling author and popular columnist Ryan uh, Gerdusky. Did I pronounce it right? Gerdusky. Gerdusky. Sorry, buddy. How Gerdusky. are you, man? Welcome. Yes. Good. Oh, okay. Good. Thank Very you for good. having me. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank First you for having me. on the show. Welcome. Um, <laughs> thank you. you know, yeah, I'm very I, excited to be here. I think there might be a couple of, a couple of seconds sound difference. Sorry. I, I think we're good now, though. Um, but, yeah, Ryan, welcome, man. And, um, you know, you're obviously a very popular person. Uh, you're doing a lot of big things. Uh, you've uh, been doing a lot of activism. You wrote a best-selling book. Um, you're talking about, you know, so many different pivotal, important topics that we need to address in our society. Uh, but, uh, you know, first and foremost, like I do with everyone, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give, give us a little bio. So um, my name is Ryan Gerdusky. I'm from New York City, and I have been a political, political consultant and a writer since I was 19 years old. Uh, I've written for I write I have a podcast in the American Conservative magazine. I write for the American Conservative and several other outlets. And I wrote a book with Harlan Hill called "They're Not Listening: How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution," which details the rise of national populism on a global scale. Because after Trump was elected, after Brexit happened, the media really sat there and said, "If you hold these ideas that really the neoliberal order that has been perpetuated throughout our." political class and our media class and our academia since the end of the Cold War. You're very alone in your thoughts. And the truth is actually there's been movements now happening for 25 years on every continent on the planet. Um, and people who have very different backgrounds, very different cultures, languages, religions, races have embraced and are looking to move their governments towards a more national populist agenda. And that's what the book goes into. I love it. I love it. And, you know, kind of kind of elaborate because we're because I know exactly what you mean. But for the audience out there that, you know, isn't paying so much attention uh, to that particular subject, I mean, it really is taking over society. I mean, it's really, uh, d you know, dangerous. Um, I mean, please. I mean, we are we are in a time like never seen before. 
So right. So after the after the Cold War ended, really the the elites in our society kind of follow through with like a Francis Fukuyama world vision, which is that um, the world was destined to be one giant Western liberal society. And they th- they worked th- through those means through um, an economic platform like bringing China into the world economy, a foreign policy like invading Iraq, and an immigration policy, which is mass immigration, to sit there and you know assimilate millions of people through and have a giant multicultural society that really never happened and never worked out. And slowly but surely, across the entire globe, you saw in Hungary in, in first in 1998 with the election of Viktor Orban. You saw in Denmark with the rise of the Danish People's Party, um, in Africa, in Angola, in Chile, in Brazil uh, in 2019, Colombia, Quebec, Australia, Israel. One after the other, all of these nations moved towards the National Populist Party or their leaders started rising throughout the polls. And it happened very slowly. And it was much to the degree it was either ignored by the media and said, oh, no, but this is or this is just a Switzerland problem. This is just a France problem. This is just a Holland problem. Um, and that their countries were immune to such rises. And then when Trump happened and Brexit happened, they couldn't ignore it anymore. And the book, They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution, really guides how the historical movement happened throughout history and how and those issues that really ignited people of all different you know, races, religions, and backgrounds to sit there and elect people as varying as you know, Salvini in Italy to Netanyahu in Israel to, um, to uh, Trump in America. And, and this movement and this general trajectory, which was saying, no, a country should have absolute sovereignty over their borders or um, should have or mass immigration doesn't work or, um, you know, we shouldn't have a foreign policy where we have 800 military bases around the entire globe that cost a trillion dollars a year. And we're supposed to be having wars to spread liberalism throughout the world or China is not a natural economic ally of the United States that they can work with. All of these things just were problematic on an extremely large scale, but to the people who were making these decisions, they were absolutely divorced from working class and middle class people. Um, And I'll give you one perfect reason why, which is just the number of the proportional representation of working class people in our government today. So this is cited in the book, um, 10% of all city councilmen in the United States spend a majority of their life as members of the working class. That number decreases to 4% of state legislators and just 2% of congressmen. There's very few to almost no statewide elected official that has such a background. Um, and it's diminishing, and it's actually getting smaller over time. So the people who, uh, you know, we have long, long, long conversations in our government about how many uh, women are in our elected office or how many minorities are in elected office or non-Christians are elected office. We never have a conversation of how many working-class people are in elected office today who spend a majority of their life either without a college degree or just an associate's degree or went to community school. Um, and that's it. That's it. And it's not just America. It is a problem throughout the globe. In the UK, for example, um, back in the 1970s, it was far more likely that someone was either a farmer or a miner um, than they were a professional politician. Now there's almost 10 times as many people who have never done anything besides been professional politicians as members of parliament than there are people who you know, had fishing or mining backgrounds. They just don't have the representation at all. So I think that that is a part of the reason why we're having different – we're speaking different languages when it comes to what's happening in our country right now.
Absolutely fascinating. Very, very well said. Um, beyond impressive, uh, you know, and you know, you make, you make all these great points and I kind of want to, you know, rewind a little bit and kind of, you know, you've been doing political consulting for, since you were 19 and you really know your yeah. stuff, man. Some of the people yeah, you've worked with, I worked at Victoria's Secret. Before I worked at Victoria's Secret, ah. so I have very few skills in this life. It's either measuring bras or it's, I got nothing else. So, I love it. I love it. So, but, but tell us though, though, in terms of this, you know, what I want to ask you about, you know, these political campaigns and, and how you how you strategize. I mean, what 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 in terms of going forward um, are, is most important for you? You know, in terms of the issues and, you know, obviously you wrote a book about something that is very um, problematic in our society at this moment, but. Uh, you know, more than that, I mean, there, there, there's probably so many things on your mind that you think uh, this nation needs to be very cautious of. Well, I spoke to a congressman from Indiana recently about one issue that I'm very concerned with that I think people should be talking about is we're in this COVID crisis, and there's hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars being funneled from the federal government to pharmaceutical companies. One pharmaceutical company was Gilead, who had a drug, Resdenosvir. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but it's something like that. It was treated for the Ebola virus. They got $70 million to find out it helped battle coronavirus, $70 million. They were supposed to charge $300 per session while administering this drug. They ended up charging um, $3,200 for people who held private insurance. And I just said, one, that when the American government is sitting there with taxpayer money funneling research, they hold a stake in what you do. We should not be – the taxpayer then should not be completely raked over the coals, especially because they were making cheaper foreign foreign copies of this drug to other countries. So there should be – we need to have more oversight right now as far as as pharmaceutical drugs go – pharmaceutical companies go, rather, with battling coronavirus. We're giving enormous contracts out right now, and I spoke to one doctor recently who told me that he prescribes – People with, and I'm not a doctor, by the way. I'm not advising anyone who has COVID to do this. This is what I heard from one doctor, so please see you know, your own medical professional. But he told me he prescribes people, among many other things, um, a few other things rather, Tylenol and Pepsid, um, the antacid drug. He said it works out very, very well. And I just was like, why isn't this being prescribed on a large scale? He's like, well, part of the reason is there's no money in Tylenol or Pepsid. And so it's, it's not a guarantee win all, um, but it certainly helps with a lot of his patients with treatment, and we're not having a conversation because there's no money. I just think that that should be something we should be speaking about right now is how much money is going to these pharmaceutical companies? What are they charging private insurance holders? Because, yeah, Medicaid, Medicare patients do get, do get a reduced price, but if I, I, knew, I right. know I pay my own health insurance. I pay you know, $600 plus a month but I have a $10,000 deductible. So if I didn't have $10,000 in the bank and I got coronavirus and I have to take this drug, Resdenosvir, and I, I would have to pay, basically, if I didn't have that drug, I'd have to sit there and choose, am I going to sit there and spend money on my credit card or am I going to live? That's a serious question a lot of people are having right now. But meanwhile, their tax dollars are being used for that research and development. That is a serious thing that Republicans should be jumping on right now when they are so completely inept from having a health care conversation. I mean, it's something I think independents and Democrats could agree with 
that we just need oversight for all of these hundreds of millions of dollars being shoved to the pharmaceutical companies. So that's an issue that I've been talking a lot about recently when it comes to COVID. Another issue I think that is very important right now is having a national vision. I tell Republicans all the time, if you were elected to office and you had a full Republican Senate and Congress and everyone just thought like you, what would America look like differently in 10 years? I don't want to hear the yeah. words freedom or liberty or free market because they don't mean anything to most people. I want to actually right. hear what life would be like and improved for a person who doesn't have $1,000 in their savings account. Coronavirus proved everything that Trump and national populists have been saying about China has been right for 30 years. We've been completely and totally right for 30 years. China is a corrupt monstrosity of a country, an evil dictatorship that is working to destroy the United States of America, and we should not have normal trading relations with them. Okay, if we want to sit there and bring supply chains home to America, how do one, how do we get them here? And two, should they not go to places that were completely devastated by free trade with China? Should they not go to Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, the places that handed Trump his presidency? If you let it to the free market, they may go to Arizona or California or Texas, not saying those are bad places, but should we not try to put and prioritize the Americans that have been devastated by bad policymaking for 30 years? And, and part of the way to get there is to improve those states' infrastructures. I don't know if you've ever driven through Allentown, Pennsylvania, or Altoona, Pennsylvania, or uh, Youngstown, Ohio. It looks like we lost the war yeah, yeah. if just, you go through this place. I just did a long – I just did a uh, – I just did like a, like a month-long road trip, and I went to like 20 – 20, about 20 states, and I, yeah, I was over over that way. And I, you know, I see these. You're talking about just how run down some of these areas are after the Corona thing, right? Yeah. After after 30 years of bad policy, I mean, the infrastructure, yeah. the infrastructure of Ohio is so bad that right. Amazon wants to move a headquarters. Yeah, it's 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 run down. How, what is your national vision to save dying towns so that way a parent doesn't have to see their kid move off to Texas? never know their grandchildren and see their they're just their towns die. The only thing they have is a McDonald's and a diner to keep things going. It is, it is a serious moral, economic, and cultural question. And if you do not have and you cannot adopt a national vision that you I, – I know what AOC believes in. I know if AOC ran the country what America would look like. It's not a vision that I would embrace, but I can describe it to you almost in vivid terms, because that's how she describes it to, to everyone. That's how Bernie Sanders describes it to everyone. I cannot tell you what 95% of America will look like if most Republicans were in charge, because they cannot describe it. They run towards uh, you know, philosophical terminology that most Americans either A, don't care about, or B, don't understand, and instead – or means something completely different every person. Most people don't read Edmund, Edmund Burke or, or Russell Kirk or uh, Milton Freeman. They're not, they're not students of, of political history like the way that some, of, you know, some conservative friends of mine are. But that doesn't mean right. that we shouldn't be telling them we understand your problems, and that's the conversation that they're missing. Uh, Ryan, I could talk to you all day. Uh, you are a breath of fresh air, uh, extremely insightful, uh, a strong wealth of information. I want to bring you back here as a regular. Let's get you on more often. Uh, tell everybody sure. where they can find your book, where they can get in contact with you, all that good stuff. 
The book is They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Target, Walmart.com. You can purchase it. Um, I believe we're sold out of our first printing, but the second one's coming in just a few days. We have Audible book, an e-book, and you can get all those places. You can find me on Twitter, at Ryan Gurdusky, or Facebook, Ryan James Gurdusky. Sounds good, my friend. Uh, we will definitely have you back soon. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. Uh, let's make sure. Six one. Yeah, he is with us. Uh, I want to welcome to the show. We have famous doctor and military athletic trainer among teacher. He's done so many things. Co- Dr. Cody, Will- Cody Williams. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the Rory Souter show. I'm doing great, Rory. It's great to see a, uh, well, hear a um, New York accent. It's very nice. It's like a refreshing breath of air, actually. I mean, I wish I was from New York. I may sound like it. I wish I was because those are some of the coolest accents on earth. But, uh, no, man, I uh, I heard Joe earlier, so I just, I assumed. I assumed. That's funny. Oh, yeah, okay. That's funny. I assumed because Joe at the beginning was on. I assumed, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, but dude, dude, it's so good. It's so good to have you here. I've read a lot about you. Uh, you've lived quite the life. Very impressive. Uh, you're on the road. You're doing different activism stuff. Uh, you're really um, helping the mega agenda. Uh, but always with my guests when they first come on the show, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm um, 40 years old. I got two kids, served four years in the Marine Corps. And, um, you know, I was leading people toward health for – for the last seven years, I still am, but now I really want to lead Americans back to the Constitution and um, had a video that got about 15 million hits um, in early May, Red like that, around yeah. May 1st. Yeah, I was reading And, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it was just really with Adolf Newsom and all the draconian things going on in, in uh, California, um, it was really just about talking some sense. You know, I'm a military guy. I'm a police guy. I'm a firefighter guy. Um, but it was really about just talking some sense into, um, you know, into these officers that were following following the governor's orders, but they weren't really following the orders of the Constitution. And so I founded an organization called 1776 Forever Free, um, and my business partner and I have um, been really going around California, and now we're start we're about to start launching a tour, uh, five states around the entire country. Um, to really teach people that patriotism is cool, that red, white, and blue is cool, and that we can all come together in unity based upon that. And that when, when, when you talk about that, I think, Rory, and you put that in the hearts and minds of people, I think it's real easy for them to see some of the stuff that the left, and you can't call it democratic anymore. You have to call it progressive and almost socialist, that that agenda is just BS, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense, and it certainly is not conducive to trying to raise children or have a future in this country. Absolutely. Very, very well said. And, 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 you know, kind of, you know, give us, give us a little bit of, about your background. Because I know you've taught a lot of seminars. I know you've taught a lot of athletes. I know you, you know, were, were heavily involved in the, in the military. Uh, you have quite the resume. Yeah, well, um, I spent years working in the National Football League. I worked with names like Heinz Ward, Brian Westbrook, Charlie Whitehurst, Tyson Clabo, 
uh, Heather Mitch that won three gold medals and was on the cover of um, Maxim and every major magazine you can possibly think of. Um, and I did that for a period of years. I spent about 10 years in school, four years in the Marine Corps, won two Navy and Marine Corps achievement medals. And, um, you know, now my goal is to, I've spoken on pretty much every large stage in chiropractic. And um, really my goal is just to move, touch, and inspire people and move them back to the Constitution, teach them that their country really is great, and really inspire families to instill that in their kids instead of this entitled victim you know, everybody gets a first-place trophy type of culture that we're kind of leaning into right now. And I'm sure it, you know, as a, you know, as a military veteran and as an, you know, someone that served their country and, and you did it quite well, I can tell you, you know, you've had some amazing accomplishments. It probably drives you nuts to see some of these millionaire athletes disrespect our national anthem and flag, right? Yeah, I mean, if I was 20 years younger, I'd take a baseball bat and I'd get arrested, to be real honest with you. Um, that's how angry it makes me, in fact. Um, I, I love how straightforward you are. <laughs> um, man, man, you don't have to worry about me. If you do the Myers-Briggs, or some of your listeners might know about the DISC assessment, Dominant Influencer yeah. Steady Cautious. Tony Robbins has a really yeah. good one uh, for free that you yeah. can do on his website. But, but I did that, right. and I'm a 99D and a 99i. So I'm the most dominant influencer, right? Like leader type, but like charismatic guy that you can be on the scale. Um, so I'm very known for being like, man, I just, I kind of just lay it all out, you know? Um, but yeah, it's fascinating. I, I spoke with Brandon. Um, I was on stage with Brandon Strock of the walkaway movement last weekend in Sacramento. Um, and I talked about the flag. And that's what I'm going to talk about this weekend in Ventura with David Harris Jr. I'm going to talk about the flag and how that flag represents so much. And I'm going to talk about how that flag 17,046 times in the last 10 years, Rory, has been draped over a coffin, and then it's been folded up multiple times into a triangle that only shows five white stars on the bottom and is completely blue. And then it's handed to a wife, a sister, a loved one. And, and what's said after that is from the President of the United States, the United States Marine Corps, and a proud and grateful nation, this flag symbolizes the ultimate sacrifice that your loved one made to this country. And then they hand that flag to that loved one, and that Marine or that officer salutes that mother, sister, wife, and that's what I don't think those idiots realize when they say that the flag doesn't represent anything. Total bullshit. If you look all over the Internet, there's so many different flag scripts that you can see where each fold, each stripe represents the 13 original colonies. Red represents vigilance. Blue represents valor. White represents purity of the red, white, and blue. So to say you're not alienating an entire group, to make this one group exclusive, like, why don't we say all autistic lives matter? I mean, I think they do. They certainly have been hurt by Big Pharma. Why don't we say that all Hispanic lives matter? Because some of them have been hurt and mistreated. How about all Native American lives matter? They certainly were persecuted by the United States. I mean, when does it end? When does it stop? 
So the idea that we're going to sit like cowards and little babies and, and we're going to lie on our knee, I mean, it makes me, it, it's disgraceful. Like Trump, he says, it's absolutely disgraceful. Well, no, and you're, you're absolutely right. And, and how, do you, how do you react to these, you know, people that served in the military that try to justify these players saying, I served my country so these players could kneel? And these, these players want to say that the flag is a sign of oppression. Give me a break. They're millionaires. If it wasn't for the flag, they wouldn't be able to play the game they love so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, the only group that I've seen is is I have a good friend. I'm not going to say his name on, on national radio, but he's a good friend of mine. He's 50-something. He was a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps, um, African-American guy. And um, love him to pieces. One of my best friends, you know. Um, and, you, you know, another subject, that's what makes it's laughable when they say that, oh, well, you're white privilege. Well, okay, if white privilege is growing up in a mobile home with hay bales all around to insulate the heat, um, okay, whatever, <laughs> right? Uh, so that's right. laughable in itself. But, but, but uh, my African-American friend, his dad grew up in Jim Crow. So, so he's buying into this CNN – you know, um, as Laura Ingram says, this um, almost, <laughs> she said something tonight that was hysterical. But this Chris Como, I like to show my butt on Twitter when people take pictures and I'm naked on my balcony um, uh, type of persona of I'm going to buy into whatever the mainstream media, the fake news, the hashtag fear porn, you know, tells me to do. And they're drinking that Kool-Aid. And they actually don't have an independent thought of their own. And all it's doing is taking not only the African-American black community or culture backwards, but it's taking everybody backwards because it's taking us back to divisiveness. Is there racism in the country? 100% there is. Absolutely. And you know what? There's always bigots and racists and idiots that see what the difference is in our culture and society is versus seeing what we can unite on. And there's always people like that. There's never been a time in history, and there never will be in a, time at, a, a time in history, Rory, where that's not the case. But why don't we unite the country on what we can unite on? So honestly, to answer your question, I, I just ignore them because they're ignorant. They've probably never had an independent thought, and they're actual probably, if you were to ask them what, peer-reviewed research is, they probably say it was Google or Wikipedia. They don't even know how to look at JAMA or the New England Journal of Medicine or anything like that, and they don't know how to see um, the light from the dark, and they don't know how to see the BS versus the valid research that's out there. You know, it's just like the whole thing that started in 2016, uh, and there's a million examples, Rory, you know as well as I do, but just the, the uh, inauguration scene where they showed that, like, nobody was there. And then you get the real pictures, and it's, it's um, you know, it's fascinating how much we've seen the last four years, how much our media, our mainstream media lies to us. Fascinating. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, um, you know, speaking of the, the mainstream media lying to us, you know, I, I want to just go off topic just a little bit here real quick. But, you know, just for example, I mean, there's so many different things they, they don't report or, or they fabricate or, you know, or people they protect, like, for instance, like the Epstein thing was one of the biggest things that we were supposed to 
know every detail about, which I think we're still going to get a lot of information and a lot of details, and we're going to get a lot of things that are leaked. But like Bill Clinton, like last week or like the other day, all this alleged paperwork from being on the island and mainstream media doesn't cover it. A Democrat gets into trouble. Mainstream media doesn't cover it. Or they'll mention it once and try to make it sound as good as possible. But if it's Donald Trump, let's say, on that Epstein Island, then all hell's breaking loose, and they'll never stop talking about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's appalling. Um, and that's where Americans, if you can't see that, then you need to go to your medical doctor. And, and I'm a holistic doctor, so I don't recommend drugs. But you need to get the highest dose of schizophrenia medication possible um, because you're going insane. Because you can't see the writing on the wall of the BS. And it's not, it's not a, I mean, I'm a diehard Trump guy. But this isn't a Trump or sleepy, creepy Uncle Joe conversation here. The morality. This is a conversation of, absolutely, man. It's a morality ethical one. It's like, do you want to lose your country? And, and do you want your kids walking into that, that furnace that used to be called Auschwitz, but now it's called socialism? Or do you want them to, like, have, have like, a school they go into where they don't talk about blowjobs and anal sex like they do in San Diego County? I mean, it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and what they're spewing on our kids, I mean, it's absolutely insane. I mean, it's out of control. And, you know, I, I, I heard a story which is mind-blowing. You got you. They threatened to arrest you because you used your wife's thong as a face mask going on to <laughs> what an airplane? Yeah, yeah. It's uh. So, <laughs> so the story is pretty long. So I won't. I won't. Um. I'll tell you the high points. Okay. High point number one is. is <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so high point number one, my man, was I get my wife's underwear and I put the thong on my face, and um, I go to board. Right. So I scan through and the lady goes, the lady from Southwest goes, um, sir, do you need a mask? And I'm like, no, I'm quite all right. I'm okay. She's like, you need a mask. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, there's women and children on that, on that plane. And I like, and, and, and then I replied, Rory, I said, they've never seen a pair of underwear before. And, um, and, and she didn't like that very much. As you can imagine, she goes, you need to put this mask on now. And I said, well, why don't I show you what your policy says about a proper facial con- a, a, a proper facial covering or what I affectionately call a facial condom? Why don't I show you that? And so I showed her about the hashtag facial condoms and, and what their website says, and it literally says anything that covers the nose and mouth. She's like, I'm calling a supervisor. And I said, great. I would love for you to do that, actually. <laughs> so she calls a supervisor over. And the supervisor, like, I don't know if you remember the cartoon Smurfs. Do you remember that? Of course. Of course. Okay. Remember the villain Gargamel? She's like a Gargamel with hair, right? So Gargamel was kind of bald, like severe receding hairline and all that. So she's got, like, she's a cross between Gargamel and, like, a female Mr. Rogers, if you can imagine that being, like, really the most unattractive sight you could possibly have in front of you, right? And so, so she's there. And, and God bless these people, some of them that are doing their job, but you know some of them are those people that they got made fun of in high school and they never had a position of authority, and now this is their opportunity to be like John Wayne, right? And so she's seizing on that opportunity. 
So she, man, she's just slamming, and she's like, you need to put this on right now. This is Gargamel, by the way. She, she comes up, you need to put this on right now. Get that, that underwear is not a proper facial covering. And I'm like, ma'am, I'm just following your policy. She's like, sir, she starts to get a really aggressive voice. If you want to get on that plane, you need to put this on right now. And I've never worn a facial condom the entire time, but I was invited by Brandon Strzok and Buzz Patterson um, to be on stage, and I wasn't going to professionally not show up just because of my constitutional stance. Because if I tell you I'm going to be on stage, I'm going to be there. So basically what happened is I acquiesced. I start to put on this facial condom that she has that is her because she's a um, evidently an aficionado in facial condoms <laughs> and proper mask covering, right? She knows everything about it. She's certified uh, facial condom mask wearing and proper fitting um, by OSHA, <laughs> by the way. I'm being sarcastic, of course. And so I put this on, and, and then she's like, dude, you, you won't believe what she said to me after this, Rory. She goes, because I'm carrying the American flag folded up in that triangle like I just talked about, and she goes, you should be ashamed to call yourself a veteran and that you ever wore a uniform. And I said, wow. if I was about if I, if I was about 20 years younger and I didn't have a speaking engagement to, I would unload on you and tell you what I really <laughs> think about you. But God bless you, sweetheart. Right. Have a great day. And I turned around. I put the facial condom on. I walked down the jetway, and I poked holes in it with my fingers. I literally took it off, got on the plane. The guy didn't care. When we got in the air, I put the thong back on, and they were like, they were like besides themselves because cause the, the ground crew had already called the, um, the flight crew online, so they, they had already kind of like flagged me as, as a problem passenger. And so they approached me several times asking me to put it on. I showed them their policies. We kind of argued back and forth. And then one of the flight attendants, ran to the, uh, this is the best part of the whole story, by the way, runs to the yeah. pilot. And she comes back and said, the pilot said, you have to get that pair of underwear off your hat. Because I had it up on my hat. I had, I had pulled it up halfway around my hat. You need to get that off your head right now. There are women and children on this plane. So now these are the ethical, moral police, evidently. Um, and I said, um, the pilot said that, huh? She said, yeah. I'm like, well, I know how crazy you guys get about these facial condoms. So I don't want to get arrested when I land. So I'll take um, the thong off my head, but I'm going to ask a pilot when I get off whether you actually talk to him or not. She said, great. I said, awesome. <laughs> so I, I get off the plane, and the, I ask where the pilot is. It's the same flight attendant up by the cockpit. You know how they wait for you to tell you, you know, ask you if you had a great experience or thanks for flying with us, all that stuff. She didn't say that right. to me, of course. And I, I, I said, where's the pilot? She goes, he's right out there on the jetway. I said, great. And so I walked out on the jetway. And, and I, of course, you know, um, my, half my family is from New York, so I think everybody's from New York or they're Turkish because my wife's half Turkish. And they all have New York accents, right? So that's why, of course, I thought you were from New York. <laughs> so at any rate, um, they had called me bro like 20 times. And my brother-in-law, Killian, he says bro like every other word. It's like breathing to him, right? So bro's in like yeah. my DNA. So there's a, this, like, 65-year-old or older man, and I would never call a man bro if they hadn't called me bro, like, 20 times, and it was just in my head, right? right? I right. walk up to this 6'2 pilot, 65, gray hair, maybe he was older than that, and I go, excuse me, bro, and Rory, no joke, 
He gets about two inches from my face with his index finger, starts to point at me, and he goes, you don't call me bro. You call me sir. And I said some expletives, and I said, you need to get out of my face right now. That's what I said to him. And then he backed off, and then, and then we had, you know, a friendly conversation, as you can imagine. And then he said, I want you to put on a mask now. I said, I'm not going to. I'm ordering you to put on a mask. And then I told him where to fly with that. You can imagine the word that I use. It's similar to fudge, right. only it's not fudge. And um, <laughs> I told him where to stick it. And then he and another guy proceeded to follow me up the jetway as I walked backwards and we talked about the Constitution. And then the other guy, who's some flight crew guy, that if he was four foot eight, it would have been a miracle. He starts to talk to me about oh, wow. morality and, and ethics. He starts talking to me about morality and ethics. And I told him what I thought of that. And then the other guy's talking to me about the Constitution. And I told him what I thought oh, wow. of that. I told him both where to stick it because they literally followed me 80% down the jetway. This is the pilot and some other dude for Southwest. We get close. After I tell him where to stick it, we're 90% down the jet bridge, jetway, the hallway, whatever you call it. And um, once I told him where to stick it, he goes, call the sheriff's department, call the police. And they literally, they both follow me throughout the Sacramento airport, going around to different vendors, trying to get them to call the police on me. They go to TSA. They follow me all the way downstairs through the train to baggage claim but they can't get anybody. And I get in my Uber and I leave. This is the pilot wow. for Southwest airlines. I was I mean, blown away, bro. Blown away. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, and this is the extent and this is the level they'll, these people will go to uh, because they're power hungry. It doesn't, I mean, I see so many people, even the workers at the grocery store love having, having this sort sort of power. I mean, it doesn't matter where these people are. If they can have the power, they'll take it. I love, dude, I love having you on. I want to make you a regular. Let's get you on on a weekly basis. I can talk to you all night. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, uh, get, your, get, get all your information, uh, get involved, all that fun stuff. I, I, would, I would absolutely love to be on again. You guys, you know, we'd love for you to support the movement. If you can't donate your time, donate your money. Uh, TheFreedomTourUSA.com. We're going to be going uh, in California um, somewhere, probably halfway between Huntington and Newport, just because COVID and, and uh, permitting stuff, it's been crazy. We're going to be in Colorado. Then we're definitely going to be in Missouri, Florida, and D.C. Uh, we've got Don Smith, which is Dan Bongino's PR guy, amazing human being, absolutely, and Sutton Porter um, hep- helping us out on the PR side going to be huge 1776 forever free is my organization you can go to www.1776 foreverfree.com um you can buy a freedom fighter t-shirt it's 29 bucks you can donate even if it's two bucks whatever um anything you can do um i'm a doctor but i'm not i'm not rolling in millions um and we're literally my business partner and i are funding this um out of our own pockets because we want in America, where our kids have freedom. I think I've seen my kids probably four hours this week, Rory. Um, I'm going to another event this weekend because I'd rather not see my kids and them grow up without a dad than them not have freedom. Amen, brother. Amen, man. I love I love having you on. Really a pleasure. Uh, let's 
let's get you on again next week. I definitely, I, I look forward to it. I would love to, brother. Thanks for everything you're doing to move the needle and simplify, my friend. All righty, my friend. God bless you, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, Rory. Take care. God bless you guys. All righty. Thank you. Uh, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's, I believe he's with us. We have U.S. congressional <laughs> candidate from Florida, Greg Merck. Greg, what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great, Roy. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you well. Greg, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about Thank yourself. You. Glad to have you with us. Um, I know you're uh, doing a lot of big things, and uh, you've had, you have uh, lived quite the life, my friend. Yeah, well, first of all, that last caller, I love that story. But, you know, to the caller before <laughs> him, before we get into my candidacy, you know, I couldn't disagree with that caller more about Republican candidates who want to talk about things like freedom, God forbid, and things like free markets. You know, God forbid you talk about that. But you know what? Your previous caller demonstrates exactly why freedom is absolutely essential in this country. And if we don't talk about it, we will run into tyrants like this guy ran into on a grand scale all over our country. And it kind of reminds me of the if you, you know, I'm older than you, Roy, so you probably don't remember. But by the 92 election with Clinton and George H.W. Bush, that long-haired fellow stands up in a debate, and he says, I don't want to hear about character. Right? He wanted to hear about the numbers, you know, all the attacks on Clinton and all that. And I thought, you know, I remember being astounded because this is politics. If it's anything about if it's anything about anything, it's all character. Because every politician is going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. How do you know he's going to make good on it? It's character. Character is not just something. It's everything. So that the idea that you're going to leave these essentials of our culture off the table and you want to talk about these facts, well, look at the Clintons. Look at what they've done for the last 20 years. It's everything about character. So to that former previous caller, it's everything about freedom. It's everything about free market enterprise. And he had better realize that. Because I'll tell you, the AOC world is not the world he wants to live in. And, you know, I've been all around the world many times over. And I've been into countries like Bulgaria, where I sat and had dinner with a squadron commander in his 500-square-foot dump apartment. The guy was very happy in his dump apartment. And here I was, a junior officer in the Navy, with a, you know, not a huge house, but I had my own 2,000-square-foot home on a beautiful lake. I was living like I was a J.O., a junior officer, and the squadron commander was living in what would be considered our projects. He was happy. I got news for you. Freedom has made life better for Americans such as the world has never imagined. And these people don't want to talk about freedom. I'll tell you, I will take the other side. I'll talk to a freedom because freedom is what has made America the most exceptional nation in the world. So anyway, that being said, I'll tell you about me. Um, I served 21 years in the military, half as a Navy pilot, half as an Air Force bomber pilot. And uh, I'll tell you, I came into this race, you know, for two reasons. Number one, I'm outraged about the Democrats. Clearly, they are a radical party that's taken America down the wrong path. But you know what's equally frustrating to me is Republicans who are standing shoulder to shoulder with them on these marquee issues, and they live a life in secret, but they portray themselves in another way. And that's why I've taken on probably one of the most popular nationally recognized candidates in the country. Uh, Matt Gates is a, a huge undertaking for me. But you know what? Here's a guarantee that Matt Gates gets reelected if nobody runs against him. But I stand for everything that he does not. And I'm giving the people a valuable and, uh, alternative, somebody who doesn't just talk about conservatism, but somebody who is. And that's why I came into this race. I, li- I like it. I like it. So, so tell me, kind of tell me like the, you know, the, the outreach you're doing, kind of the activism. 
the you know t- talking to people, the feedback, like what what's the what's the reactions you're getting from different different people in the community? Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, I, I, look, I believe that the, only the truth has the power to offend. When you speak the truth, people get angry and people get mad. And, you know, there's this thing about, about Gates. He lives in what I consider the eye of the storm. You know, there is this unthreatening calm in the eye of the storm because he's with the Democrats on climate change, on, uh, uh, um, on the radical gay rights agenda, on the radical animal rights agenda. He voted with them against Trump and the War Powers Resolution. They really don't have a vested interest in getting rid of him. Why would they? They've got a Republican that stands with them. But then on the right, Republicans love him because on TV he personifies himself as this ardent Trump supporter. And to go against Matt on many of these issues that they should be going against on him, it almost makes it look like you're going against Trump. So he's inside the eye of the storm, and he gets to escape that. You know, my, my objective in this race, it's not just a political movement, but it's a public service. It's to kick this guy into the eye of the storm, let him feel those hurricane force winds, let him understand what it's like to have to defend these radical left positions in a, a district where they overwhelmingly rejects it. You know, you talk about climate change and all of these things. And, and, and first of all, I talk about climate change and, uh, and this systemic racism narrative in America a long time ago, long before what we see is happening now. As a matter of fact, I posted an article about it last year. I said it is a Trojan horse of socialism in America. These are, you know, climate change is not about saving the planet. It's not about protecting the environment. It is about the fundamental transformation of our economic system with the ultimate objective of destroying free market enterprise. And yet they package it and wrap it up in this beautiful wrapping paper. But inside is the same old dead, tired narrative. It's about the redistribution of wealth. And the same thing with this racism narrative. And and it's so coming to uh, fruition exactly what I said. It's about socialist Marxist movement. It's about the redistribution of wealth. These people don't really, some of them really do want to get rid of the police, but they know what, at the very least, they're going to take money, billions of dollars from law enforcement, and they're going to put it in these failed socialist programs, the kind of things that they've been doing for decades, failed programs. So it's all about the redistribution of wealth. But the beautiful wrapping paper attracts people. Of course people want clean water and clean air. Of course people want good race relations and all of these, uh, you know, people have equal opportunity. But that's just the wrapping paper because what's inside that gift is a radical socialist movement and so people will say, well, why do you think that is? It's because America is the greatest nation in the world, and we export our influence all around the world. And what is that influence? That influence is hope. It's liberty. It's our fiscal treasure. It's our most sacred treasure, the blood of our service members, so that people can think for themselves and live for themselves. Countries, you know, tyrants and, and uh, uh, dictators around the world, they hate that message. And so they hate America. But America is able to wield that influence because we have the strongest economy in history and we have the most powerful military in the world. So we are able to wield that influence. So these kind of things like climate change and the racist narrative, they all undermine that economy, ultimately to destroy that economy. So when the economy collapses, we can't wield our influence because we're a strong economy and we can't wield that influence because our military has to be weakened because we can't fund the military and they get to have their way. And that, but see, that's what people don't realize. They get caught up in the wrapping paper, but they don't see what's inside. Very, very well, very well said. Very well said. No, and I, I agree. I, you know, every, you're making excellent points. You know, I, I want to get you on here more often. Um, I love your energy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I do have to take a commercial, but tell everybody, how do they get involved with your campaign? 
Okay, they can go to Vote Merck, that's M-E-R-K, votemerk.com. They can follow me on, me on Facebook at Gregory Merck. I also have a Vote Merck, uh, a Vote Merck uh, Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter with uh, Merck Gregory. But go to votemerk.com, support it. Uh, the, the primary is August 18th. You know, my slogan is put Merck to work. We need more leaders, not more lawyers. So please go to votemerk.com. I love it, man. I love it. Stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Uh, this is the Rory Sauter Show. It's a beautiful night. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless absence every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
And we are back. The Rory Satter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Again, that's 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night here in Phoenix, Arizona. It is a election night all over the country in various places, especially here in Arizona. We got a lot of close races right now, uh, especially with the sheriff's race, uh, which I will keep people informed on. Um, I want to go to right now, I believe he's with us. We have Florida congressional candidate Greg Musselwhite. Greg, welcome back. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Roy? Doing well, man. What's what's new? What's going on? What's the latest? Uh, how are things with the campaign? Uh, our primary is coming up August 18th. They've already started the mail-in fiasco, uh, and early voting started uh, yesterday. So we'll see real quick how things are going. And I, I see, um, I see you doing a lot of great work. I see you out there, you know, uh, uh, promoting yourself. And obviously, your opponent, uh, I see, is a race baiter. This guy likes to make everything about race. <laughs> uh, say everybody's racist, just like the the Democrats. Uh, you know, that's that's their narrative. That's what they that's what they base things on. I mean, you know, even though they have no logic to back it up. I mean, these people are out of this world. I mean, and that's what, you know, the, the whole, that whole card they play, I'll tell you. Well, I'll, I'll read you something that I wrote when we first started running. Uh, it's, it's fairly short. We are all Americans first. We all bleed red regardless of the color of our skin. We each have our own heritage and our own cultures. We all have the right to stand up for what we believe in. Be respectful of beliefs that differ from your own. Drop the labels used to divide us. Be inclusive. Love thy neighbor for who they are. Respect the melting pot of cultures we call the United States of America. And and that goes right to your previous guest, Mr. Williams, talking about pride in the flag and pride in being an American and what that flag stands for. We let yeah. the left direct the narrative and divide us just like my opponent it's not about race it's not about the color of your skin it's about the content of your character and how you were raised your yeah no it's so true it's absolutely true and you know too often we have you know politicians especially on the left that want to you know that's how that's how they gain voters that's how they separate us and that's how they um you know really advance their their agenda and that's that's their whole objective. They don't want to treat us like we're American. They want to treat people like they're animals. They want to treat people like they're, you know, uh, whether you got the hundred different genders, whether you got the trannies, whether you got people of color. I mean, they, they find as many boxes or, or categories as they can. Well, as your previous guest Ryan brought up too, the vast majority of these politicians are strictly either academic, professional politicians. They've never held a job. By trade, I'm a welder and a pipe fitter. I now inspect. I work nuclear power plants and have security clearance. Do you honestly think that if they trusted me to inspect something as critical as parts for nuclear power, that they would trust my judgment on things such as the legislation that we're going to have in Congress? Because your decision-making process, and, and I don't understand how people on the left such as the squad how can we trust these people because 
they're crazy. That's that's all you can put it. They're absolutely crazy. No, absolutely, one hundred percent. No, and and you know we talk about your career and how successful you, how successful you've been, and I can only imagine that uh, your opponent can only aspire uh, to your level of uh, of achievement. Well, you know, people often choose a career path of least resistance. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I was a former correctional officer, and yeah. I really respect our first responders. They have, you know, our police officers have the hardest job on the planet right now. I would really right. not want to be in their shoes in this country at this time because there are no right decisions. You enforce the law to keep the public safe, then you're vilified. If you don't, you're vilified. There, there is no choice to be made in that situation. We, we need to, and rather than defund the police, we need to make sure that they have the tools necessary, be it equipment, pay, or training. And then we wouldn't have so many problems, which it's not like there's systemic racism. The FBI numbers don't bear that out. It is a false narrative. I, I was running a, a poll on Twitter earlier uh, among my 35,000 or so followers that ask the question, what is the biggest threat to America? It's not Russia. It's not China. And actually, it's not Antifa or, or Black Lives Matter. It's the media. Because as these foreign entities, or whether it's domestic terrorism, rioters, you don't know what the real story is because the media continues the false narratives, and they lie. It's so true. It's so true. And, and um, you know, for people that don't know, um, what areas in Florida uh, does your district cover? District 20 is Alsea Hastings District, which runs from just south of Lake Okeechobee in Belle Glade to the west, east to Riviera Beach in West Palm, and south to Miramar. So it's about 2,400 square miles, mostly rural area, that does encroach on the coast a little bit, but it's it's a right. very badly gerrymandered district to make sure that Hastings would be in power for a long time, which he has served 14 terms. Jesus. So how, so tell tell everybody how they can get involved with your campaign. We're on uh, social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Parler. Uh, MuscleWhiteForCongress.com is our web address. Um, you can find links to all the social media there. My personal cell phone number is also there and an address that if you want to send correspondence or make donations. <clears throat> I but love that. I, I love that. Go ahead. Greg. But our, our, our motto, bringing, bringing our America together, just like I'd read the piece earlier, uh, is, is get on the boat. Uh, bringing our America together is, is very important. We've been, divided and and pit against each other for far too long and america is the greatest nation on earth because of innovation and diversity so we really need to bring that back to the forefront and and stop all the fighting i love it i love it i love it uh stay with us i do want to i do want to introduce to the show i believe he's with us we have uh NC Senate candidate uh, and retired law enforcement specialist, uh, Rick Padgett. Rick, what's, how you doing, buddy? 
Doing great, man. Great show tonight. Listening to everything, and you're really rocking there. Uh, you kind of brought a lot of things up. I kind of wrote down some quick notes, so I won't be so long-winded on it. But, uh, you know, past week, you know, today we, we witnessed something over in Beirut. And I don't know if you saw that bomb and that explosion. I saw that, that explosion. That, it, it, there's something going um, on there. has to be terrorism. Has yeah. To be. Absolutely. And let me tell you something. The first thing made me think of, because – this is what terrorists do. They, they shake up countries, and while the countries aren't looking, they go in and do their dirty business. Then you take Beirut, what happened over there? I'm expecting that to happen in the United States at any given time because that we, our biggest problem right now is with, with the Biden's America agenda, there's going to be no defense. We're having no defense, and we're going to hand this over to domestic terrorism we're going to hand it to global terrorism. We're turning to the global. Everything is a global society. It's like we're, they want to give up anything and everything we have to just to be loved and liked and, and have hug fests. And I think it's the, the hug fests are over. We need to start going back. We've got to keep America first. We need to start kicking ass and taking names and put our boot right square in our butt where it belongs and send them right out of this country. And if those who don't want to, don't want to do that, we need to put them out there and mark them off like George Soros, and let's list them as enemy combatants. Let's list these rioters as enemy combatants. If they don't like our country and they don't like our flag, as far as I'm concerned, they're our enemy. List them as an enemy combatant and treat them that way because I am sick and tired of the BS that they are putting our country through because they don't want to have their feelings hurt. They're too sensitive. They're couch potatoes. Mommy and Daddy told them that life is supposed to be good for them, and they're stupid enough to believe it. You know, so they go out there and they play their silly little games, and then they expect everybody to give them something for nothing, and they think life is one big video game where they have nine times to come back and be somebody different, be the winner, be the champion. In the meantime, we sat back and we paid the bills for these dumbasses, and, and, and our government doesn't go in and do anything about it, and we, we, we piss out all this money, and what, what do we get out of it? We get heartache and a bunch of feel-good programs, and that mean absolutely nothing. In 35 years of law enforcement, I've seen some, some crazy programs. I've seen great programs work, but they only work if the people that you, you work with are empowering themselves to do better, not to sit back and wait for somebody to do for them on a regular basis. And, and it's, it's, it's aggravating. And, you know, I don't look at Democrats and call them Democrats because they're not Democrats. As far as I'm concerned, they're Democrats because that's exactly what they act like. They facilitate this crap, and they put up with it. I don't know if you, and in the media today, 86% of people polled, random poll from Rasmussen, they do not believe or trust the media. They think that media has a bias. Now, that, now that's a shocker. If you can see my shocked face, that you would think, wow. Yeah, who? I mean, come on, really? We didn't already know that? 51% of presidential approval rating out of Rasmussen, which shows that Trump's numbers are going up, which I knew they were going to. Last time he ran, I made a prediction. And when I put it on Facebook, everybody said, oh, you're crazy. There's just no way. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. He's going to get his ass whooped. You're just old and senile. And this is what the liberals, because I got a lot of friends being in law enforcement. They're liberal attorneys and just people in general, and we're a very liberal area in Durham, Raleigh, Durham, Duke, and all that. 
And I, I predicted, I said, he's going to get 322. He's going to get 322 electric, electric votes. And they were like, oh, no way. Well, he got 306, which was closer than what most of them think that he couldn't get out of the couldn't get out get get off the finish line, get to the finish line. And so I predicted the other day the same group and they lost their mind again. And I said, You you think last time was bad? I predict three hundred and sixty six. That sent them crazy on Facebook because I said that because of what I said last time. So, you know, and the reason it's happening is because America's not stupid. People are watching what's going on. They don't want a lawless society. They don't want a Joe Biden. But these people out there in these streets that are marching up and down, they're doing it. And and they want people to believe, and they want people to stay home, and they want people to get out and vote because they want to fake act like they got the numbers to beat Trump. They want to suppress the vote, and that's exactly how the media's you know trying it out. You got in sports, you got billionaires protecting millionaires, and you got millionaires kissing the feet of the billionaires. And then you got these, these folks out there, cops out there kissing feet and out there doing kissing feet of everybody. And, you, and of course, the chiefs are doing it, not the police officers. You know, chiefs are doing it because they want to save their job because they want to be politically correct. You know, that's and then you got Facebook today. You decided they're going to take take an ad that the president has out there, and, and um, it, it basically says that Biden wants to defund police. Well, he does. Anytime that you want to take money, anytime you want to take and redirect, the word redirect means I'm taking from you. It means I'm taking and I'm putting right. it somewhere else. Therefore, you're not getting it. And Facebook yeah. wants to say it, that it's a fake ad. But it's not because that's exactly what Biden said. Want to redirect the money. And why is he going to do it? Because of, and people call it black lives I call it bullshit, lies matter. Because when you tell enough of it, it does matter because it turns things upside down. There's, there's, there's nothing about that narrative. You're, 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 absolutely right. you're absolutely right, Rick. All lives matter. And when people say That's black right. lives matter, they're, de- they're delegitimizing every other race and basically saying everybody yeah. else, go screw yourself. It's just about black lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so... It's so ignorant and selfish. Uh, Rick, you bring up a great point. Um, Rick, I'm going to get you right back on here uh, Thursday night. Cool. Uh, I'm going to give you a lot more time to speak. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been a crazy uh, show tonight. Been all over the place. I, I really always appreciate the value and insight into the show. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, though, real quick. You can give me on the uh, – you can actually catch me at Rick Paget. NC, so it's at Rick Padgett NC on Twitter. Of course, they're they're monitoring everything I do now. now or you can get me yep. at uh, Rick Rick for NC Rick for NC and I'm easy to find. I'm all over Facebook, so look look me up. I'm there, and I'll be glad to talk to you Thursday night. Sounds good, my friend. Always a pleasure. Um, Everybody, uh, it's been a fantastic show tonight. I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are all incredible. Uh, We have another big show Thursday night. I will see you then. Till then, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 